0: Hello, good morning, good afternoon, or whatever time it is, wherever you are. My name is Kyle Shera. this is my father John Shera and we are TPM, local property managers and DFW and real estate experts bringing you our best advice accumulated throughout the years and from our experience. So let's get into it. This week we are going to be talking about appreciating your appreciation. So if at any point during or throughout this podcast, you're excited as we are to uh, start building wealth through real estate or interested in the topic or have any questions for us, uh, send us an email at showmethemoneyatwereTPM. You can always give us a call too at 817-818-9147 and we'll be happy to talk with you, look over your portfolio, schedule a consultation, whatever you want to do, just so you can start building wealth wealth for you and your family. So let's get into it. What's up, Kyle? I don't know. What is up? It looks <laughs> like a beautiful day out here in this, the podcast studio. <laughs> this is one this is one of my favorite
1: topics, isn't it? Appreciating
0: your appreciation. Yeah,
1: this is something I talk to with our potential clients and our current clients all the time. So this is I'd almost call it our favorite
0: lecture. Right? <laughs> our favorite lecture. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, this is why you do what we do, right? So if we could start the topic, I'm gonna try to um, I'm going to try to audibly describe a chart that I've been using to help paint this picture for people, right? What do we call that chart? It's a it's a wealth <laughs> building chart. How, building wealth with real estate. Building wealth with real estate. Exactly. And you guys hear us say these things all the time on our podcast. It's interesting that we're doing this followed up by our, our Orange Beach podcast and some of our short-term rental f- podcasts. Those are for the cash flow-minded, we're going to talk about that, the cash flow-minded people, right? But they still have this appreciation that we're going to talk about built into it. So um, let's get into it. Let's let's this this chart that I'm talking about really just it really paints a picture of how with real estate you build long-term wealth. Mm-hmm. And everybody wants to. Talk about and and focus on what we would call cash flow. So if you draw a line across a um, a piece of paper, if you're if you're listening to this in the car or something, just draw, visually draw a line across a, uh, a, a, and that's your that's your expense for 30 years, right? Assuming you have a fixed rate loan, that is what you're paying, what your payment is. If you have a loan on that investment for for thirty years or twenty years or whatever, you get it for.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's let's set the foundation a little high high level a little bit more. When when we're talking about uh, your real estate investment, we're looking at uh, your return on investment, right? So we're looking at the two major factors people consider and sometimes appreciate or don't, and that's why we're calling this appreciating your appreciation. So absolutely, and those two factors are cash flow and appreciation. So. Absolutely. And what you were saying is you have a baseline mortgage payment that goes into that consideration of how much this investment is going to cost you every month, right? And basically doesn't change over the life of the 15-30 year loan, right?
1: Yeah, and, and I start there because that's what people want to focus on, right? So we're looking, at a, cost me? we're looking
0: at a line that goes from zero to 30 years, right? Right, and then it goes okay. away. Yeah. I
1: mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. most people don't have a loan for a full 30 years or whatever. I've got I've got most of my rentals on 10, 15, or 20-year loans, depending on where they are. When I refinance, well, this is a side note, but when I refinance, I don't like to waste the, the interest, um, the equity I'm building... By, by paying down the upfront interest that I just got done doing, I don't like to waste that by Start rolling over. into it and starting over and doing mm-hmm. it again. Yeah. So if I'm, gonna in, if I'm going to um, refinance a 30-year note and I've been paying it for 10 years, I'm going to refinance it for at least 20 years so that I'm not starting that process over again. Well, Technically, I'm, I still am, but
0: yeah, yeah. But we're setting the foundation mm. of an investment mindset here, yeah. yeah, so yeah let's yeah. use examples to make this easy. So, you got let's say we have a 30 year loan, thousand or a hundred thousand dollar property, and just call it our mortgage or and escrow total payment per month is a thousand dollars. Let's just be more realistic
1: simple. because we like to use a hundred thousand because it's simple, but you can't find one of those anymore. Let's let's use a let's use a $200,000 house, which you can barely find one of those anymore. Are we
0: still using $1,000 a month or are we going to use $2,000 a month? Let's use $2,000 a month, $200,000 home price. How about that? All right. Cause you got taxes in Texas and all that stuff. So that baseline, $2,000 a month from year zero to year 30, your cost on this investment is $2,000 a month, right? For as
1: long as you so have you're, that,
0: no. In your, when you're considering it, your return on that investment would be your... Let's start with cash flow. You're looking at your cash flow. You want your incomes on average to exceed that $2,000 a month. Let's call it $200 of cash flow, 2200 a month coming in. You got 200 of cash flow in your pocket. Now, we're not looking at a straight line with rental rates either. Over 30 years, especially, that... Two hundred dollars a month, while your two thousand is not changing, your rental rates in all areas will go up, right? So that cash flow will grow incrementally over the years. And what do we call the cash flow? Cash flows your. Uh, I. I call it
1: kind of like your bonus money, right? That's mm-hmm. capital that we use to build our empire. That's what I use it for and that's what I try to teach people to use it for. And we're going to get into that a little bit. I call it dividends. <laughs> well, okay, so dividends, so fine, but but that's that was a really good description, Kyle. So there's a there's a small gap there that grows over time was what you, what you were that's what you the picture you were painting was you have that straight line $2,000 a month we're renting for 2200 to start off with and we have a house worth 200 grand at the very beginning of this line and as the years go on that 2200 becomes 23 becomes 25 becomes 28 but our payment is still 2000 mm-hmm. so our cash flow grows over the years and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's what you were just describing.
0: Yes, and we're using a tiny example. Let me throw in that we know that taxes and insurance can adjust that monthly rate a little bit and grow yep. a little bit, but it won't grow near the rental mm-hmm. rate, right? Um, but what we're talking about here is what, what needs to be appreciated in appreciation is a, is equity, right? And what how you have equity um, is the difference between your debt on an asset versus its value, its market value, right? So when you started out that loan, let's 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 assume that you got a 0% down payment just for simplicity. You obviously you didn't, maybe VA <laughs> whatever. So you start with $200,000 in debt of that asset. It's worth 200 cuz you just bought it, that's zero, right? But as those 30 years go down and you're making that 2,000 a month monthly payment, that mortgage principal is on the opposite side of that chart, or the bottom side of that chart, where it's going down, right? So, how much should you own that property after thirty years?
1: Okay, you just, you just, okay. So now you're describing two things at once. So let's split that up for everybody because, because a little bit harder no. when you're listening to this. The top of that chart that we're talking about is your value, right? So that two hundred thousand. The value of your home goes
0: up and up and up. I haven't and up. got to that part yet. Okay, but, well, but yeah, that's the point: is your mortgage principal goes down to zero. Yes. Right over that thirty-year term, while your value starts at two hundred and goes up to say after thirty years four hundred thousand. Right. So when you started with zero equity, and you're paying towards a two hundred thousand dollar debt, let's they they grow. Parabolically away from each other is really what what we're getting at. That you know you started at zero, now you have two hundred thousand paid off after thirty years, and a four hundred thousand dollar property. Well, you have four hundred thousand dollars in equity, right? So appreciating that appreciation is key to any analysis or looking at the success of a real estate investment because it's not all about cash flow. Cash flow, while you call it the bonus, is because you. Just generated $400,000 in equity after that uh, example. That's a good investment. Because
1: when I look at that chart and I look at the difference between my current value and my current principal balance on my loan, that is where my wealth is built. And when I look at that chart chart and I see the difference between those two, that cash flow on that same chart looks like nothing compared to the wealth i built in appreciation
0: right yeah and we've talked about in previous episodes how you can reinvest that cash flow to make to you know grow that that part of the analysis but ignoring that we you call it a bonus because that whole value equity conversation we just had that alone if you were making an investment in, say, an equity or something else, that would be a great return, right? Um, you know, $200,000 return over the life of this investment that's double 2x. Like, it's a pretty good investment consideration. And then you add on top of that, hey, well, I'm also getting this bonus payment out of this investment every month or every whatever your disbursement uh, section is. So, and we call this a lecture because. When you don't appreciate your appreciation, you'll never appreciate the fact that a zero cash flowing property is still likely making you a lot of money. We've heard that argument many times. If I'm not, if I'm only cash flowing a hundred bucks a month, is this worth it? Well, the value, let me, let me sit down with you and show you the value at the, at December 31st of last year, um, was say 250,000 for your property. And here we are a year later looking at it in December, and now it's 320000 for your property. So yeah, you made zero in cash flow over the year, but you made $70,000 in appreciation. Does that sound like a little bit of money? Um, not if you appreciate the appreciation.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and to your point, the reason we, quote unquote, you're, you're referring to it as a lecture is because we constantly have to remind people that this is, they focus, people focus, investors typically have a tendency to focus on their cash flow right? Steve over there behind the behind the, the board over there, he's got a rental property of his own. And I bet you him and his wife, they count those dollars that they get every single month, right? It's important to people when you have, especially if you have one or two rentals, right? That's what you focus on. That's the story you tell, right? That's what you... I want to say brag about, but if you've got something that's cash flowing really well, that's what you brag to your
0: friends about, right? It's the shiny stuff that everybody wants, right? It's what you see. It's what you can feel. It's what you what yeah. you get in your pocket every regular time, not what you, uh, it's liquidity, right? Liquidity has value. and. <laughs> well, I'm
1: super glad you said that because that's what I wanted to get into next was liquidity and, and because that's, I want to talk about the difference between cash flow and appreciation, and and you just the first biggest difference is that liquidity, right? That you just mentioned, that cash flow is something I can spend right now, right? Um, I don't I don't think that you should spend it. I want to talk a little bit about what I think you should, an investor should do with that cash flow. But you could spend it now; it's money in your hands. That appreciation, you can't go to an ATM machine and go pull that out.
0: Well, yes, but I would say part of appreciating your appreciation is not completely devaluing it as a a partially liquid uh, piece of your investment because it can be leveraged and you can borrow liquid money against that collateral and use it essentially um, to make other investments or whatever you need. So not a... appreciating that it's not completely useless to you, it's not completely out of touch, uh can be a valuable thing to appreciate.
1: All right. So the next thing the kind of the one of the things I want to impart to people is what do you do with this cash flow? If 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 we're appreciating our appreciation, but what about the cash flow? Does that mean I just spend it? I put it into my family's uh, my family's um budget and just spend it every month? I try to tell people to Save it, put it in a separate account so you can watch it grow. If you need a new water heater on your rental property and you've got $5,400 in your rental property account sitting there, that $800,000, $1,200 that you spend on a new water heater is not going to hurt quite as badly because it's not coming out of your family budget or your other resources. It's coming out of the resource that's meant to help maintain that property, A and B, help you expand your empire and buy more real estate.
0: Yep, yep. And there's a lot of ways to do that, but like you said, just keeping it, uh, keeping it invested. So I like to look at every rental investment or every real estate investment, kind of like any other equity investment, right? You have the. It's an asset. It's an asset. These cash flows or dividends, if. A lot of smart investors reinvest their dividends to make their appreciation grow faster, and it's no different with this. The asset appreciates um, because its value goes up. Its dividends give you more value out of it. So, well, let
1: me let's clarify. When you say dividends and all this stuff, you're comparing. Flow. You're comparing dividends that you would get from a stock or a fund or something like that. Or a is re- a is a cash out right that you get from that investment. So you're comparing that to cash flow is basically what you're doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm comparing it because they're uh, two words for the same thing, right? right? They're uh, your asset paying you out money from its uh, overages. Same thing REIT does, same thing stock does. Companies do it. Um, it, It's a mindset of a way of looking at it because if you look at it as an extra paycheck, you're going to use it like an extra paycheck. If you look at it as an asset dividend, you might use it like an asset dividend, Um, getting a little complex for a second if you if your cash flows go into a money market account that's invested in a REIT and that's growing based off other people's real estate that goes that you then buy your next real estate purchase with um it's called it's double dipping in the market right
1: Kyle, you are opening up a whole nother <laughs> podcast here. Hey, you, i like you, to do you that. Didn't even, you didn't even define what a REIT is, and we're not going to do that today. It's a real estate oh, no, investment trust is what that is, by the way. It's another type of investment um, vehicle vehicle that you can use to invest in real estate, kind of like you would a stock. But we'll get into that. That's a That would be a great podcast um, down the road, but... Let's talk about appreciation now. So this is about appreciating your appreciation. So the reasons why we want to appreciate your appreciation is because this really helps build your long-term wealth. That's what we're after, right? When I get to the end, I want to be able to say at some point, I don't have to work if I don't want to, right? Like, you know me, Kyle, I'll probably work to the day I die, but... My hope is that I'm only doing it when I want to do it and how I want to do it. That makes me, that fills up my life and fills up my soul. And I'm not doing it because I need money or I need to do it. And that's what wealth building is for, to get us to the end of life so we can enjoy it.
0: Yeah. And there's a common measure for something like that. And we call it net worth, right? Mm -hmm. And. Cash flows don't increase your net worth unless you're very smart about it, but in it, from a measuring aspect, they don't. What does is appreciation, owning real estate, owning assets, um, and a lot of people, you know, net worth, the word net means, you know, it's not gross worth or anything like that, um, but a lot of, it confuses a lot of people because like going back to that $200,000 example, if that was your only asset, only worth to you, that net worth starts at zero. Well, over 30 years, your net worth with that same example is that $400 or $400,000 value of that home after appreciation. So it grows the mindset of net worth with your assets. And it grows at a rate
1: that you almost can't get any other way on, on a regular, consistent basis. You can get that kind of growth in the short term with some, some investment vehicles, but not on a consistent basis and it's kind of – it's more of a flash in the pan when you do it with the stock market or some, some other investment. But really I like to say real estate and a great business are really the only two ways to build wealth for you and your family long term.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's one of those things that's uh, generational, right? It's like that's the right. stock market isn't new, but it's not thousands of years old. It's like there's no other market we have today that is, hasn't drastically changed over, you know, generations and generations like real estate hasn't. It's stayed stable. It's always been a, um, you know, a platform for wealth. It's been a platform for building wealth. If you own land, if you own, uh, real estate, but it's, it's I'd call it recession-proof through all of our crazy markets and, and the way the world changes so constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and even big business sees it, right? So it's a big reason a lot of our values go up because the the stable money or what needs to be stable money uh, is trying to jump into it faster than you can. So, And
1: you know what? You mentioned this earlier, Kyle, but this is kind of our final point about Appreciation, you know, improves your net worth, right? Um, affects your long term wealth building, right? It helps you. It's what you, it's the easiest and fastest way to do that for the long term.
0: And it, you can leverage it. It, It's a snowball effect. We've, we've mentioned a snow or the potential for a snowball effect in your huge favor. We talked about it with the Setons episodes ago, um, building in building your empire, but you can use the assets value as that grows way past your debt or significantly past your debt, you leverage that equity to get more homes that will build you more value and just keep rotating that and snowballing. So uh, people always say it's hard to get started in real estate. It is harder to get started in real estate than it is to continue investing in real estate. Because once you're started, um, <laughs> you it, it can grow itself. It really mm-hmm. can snowball. That's how these we called we called that episode "Building Your Empire" because the empire gets built, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, this, if you if you put in the work. Or and somebody the like intention. the
1: Setons is a great example of what we're talking about because they don't do anything, do they? I mean, they do stuff. Whoa, whoa, don't whoa, get me whoa, wrong. No. <laughs> but beyond building their wealth and taking the wealth that they built and using it to leverage themselves and get more to grow their empire, but for. For their house on one two three Main Street, they're not doing anything. What you're they saying don't have to is, go there every day and work on it.
0: Yeah, what you're saying is they're they're intentionally and actively it's using passive. that snowball effect. All the all the new purchases and all the new properties they get, um, it becomes a quicker process and it becomes a more scalable process because they're just rotating that money back into the building of the empire and. Yeah, you can find a stopping point, but if that stopping point's in ten years, and you're looking at your portfolio, and you're like, "I've never taken a dime out of this," that sucks. It's worth ten million dollars. Uh, it's the wrong word. It doesn't suck. You're not complaining about it. It's it's because you put in the you reinvested those dividends like they did.
1: Hey, y'all want to have some fun? Let's let's give some people some inspiration. <laughs> Appreciating your 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 appreciation, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about our appreciation. I'm going to start. Uh, hey. Steve, would you be willing to share your experience with appreciation from your rental property with us? Yes, I would. (laughs) Tell us, because I know, I happen to know for a fact and that your rental property, you only have one, right? We have one. And it's in California, which is a completely different market than what most people deal with. It's a very volatile market. So that's why I think it's interesting for people to hear a different perspective Um. When, when did you buy it? 1987. Wow. You okay. know where this is going. <laughs> uh, I, in 1987, I hadn't even graduated high school yet. Ah, so, okay. Um, all right. So you, do you want to share with us what you bought it for? $99,000. $99,000. You know what? I have a fun story. My, my parents bought, when I was one year old, they bought their first home mm-hmm. um, for $17,000, like a 1,700 square foot home. 17. Can you imagine that, y'all? And
0: we drive that around these days. I think they <laughs> sold it
1: for a 380 or something like that when I was like 14 years old. I mean, I'm probably getting those numbers off a little bit, but that's similar to what Steve's about. Steve, you have any idea what your value is right now? Well, I- What's, I, I know you're not supposed to go on Zillow what's, what's and... What's Zillow tell Zillow you? Says, all right, go ahead. Zillow says it's around 800,000. Okay. So Zillow is actually pretty accurate. Yeah. If anybody's curious about Zillow, I have a definite opinion about it. And it's actually pretty accurate for you in California. It's very accurate. As a matter of fact, I used to use it all the time when I was in California. In Texas, it's not as accurate because we're what's called a non-disclosure state. So... The data points that Zillow needs to create that valuation aren't there in Texas like they are in California. So
0: no, you not have there, built
1: $700,000 in equity. Help me do the math, Kyle. What What is that? 34 years? Is that right? Did I get that right? <clears throat> 34 years, 700000 oh, I would bet, Steve – that you have not done anything else in your life that has created as much wealth for your family as that house. Am I right? That I'm is getting correct. kind of personal, but that is correct. All right. I mean, eight
0: hundred percent returns isn't too bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you might own that thing for another ten years, and it might be worth one point two million by the time you need to sell it. And you may never need to sell it. Your kids might be selling it up. You know, who knows? But you're never gonna. I don't want to say never, but third. so t- to this point in your life, you haven't done anything to do that. I, I want to, I want to go to another extreme. Thank you for sharing that, yeah, Steve. Absolutely. Well,
0: and, and while he's on that, the, I imagine that was paid off since it's been 34 years, right? So, that so now his flow. cash
1: flow is even higher than it was when he had a loan. Absolutely. Good, good point. So Kyle, do you want to share your age?
0: Uh, I gotta remember it first. Uh, your uh. age—you don't know how
1: old you are. <laughs> I'm twenty-five. Twenty-five years old. So you're pretty young, in you're you're pretty young in in respect to other people that do what we do, right? Mm-hmm. I get told that you're pretty young for a homeowner. <laughs> yep, and you're very young for somebody that has two properties. So you have your primary residence and a rental property.
0: Right. That that is correct. So two and a half, but
1: let's (laughs) talk about this. Well, that's true. So let's talk about I want to talk about let's use a good example of your rental property. That's the first home you lived in, Mm -hmm. right? We've talked about this before. It was your primary residence, and you moved up to get something bigger, better, something else you wanted, and and kept that as a rental property, which is a really smart move. If anybody out there thinking <clears throat> that's the easiest and best way to acquire your first rental property, right? Kyle, do you know the numbers on that house? Like what, what you bought it for? When, how long ago did you buy it? You're only 25. It couldn't have been that long ago. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I bought it. I, I know all those numbers. I bought it in 2017, um, bought it off market. So I got it for, uh, 110, uh, with renovation costs, everything, 140. So, bet you want to know what it is today, four years later.
1: <laughs> Wait a minute! Your purchase price was one hundred and ten thousand. Correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so what did
0: you? What is it worth, right now? Uh, well, the appraiser told me when I refinanced it and moved up that it was in the two hundred and sixty range. Okay, so you have built one
1: hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of wealth. It sounds like you used. Thirty thousand or so of your own money to create that wealth. So let's call it, um, one hundred and twenty thousand dollars in wealth
0: of leveraged money. But we'll get on that. At okay, another, another All right. point. All right, but-
1: one hundred and twenty thousand dollars in wealth for you and your family in four years. Yep. This is an even better rate than Steve over here at <laughs> this point. If you can keep doing that every four years. You you when when you're Steve's age, you'll be killing it.
0: <laughs> well, markets don't usually get expedited by the things that have expedited it in the last couple of years, but you know, so you never know. You never know, right? You're absolutely um, right.
1: They're not always the way they are, but the point we're trying to make here is that we've talked about planting your tree before. Just plant your tree because it's constantly the appreciation is constantly happening whether it's happening at a 4% rate or a 12% rate doesn't matter. People associate the rate of appreciation to how good the market is. If it's more than zero, it's good, right?
0: Well, and people don't appreciate usually the one part you can appreciate in appreciation is the ability to get what you want, right? You can, it's not always unseen. Um, my first house wasn't my dream home. It wasn't uh, what I, you know, the best thing I wanted at that time, right? Uh, a lot of people tell me constantly that if they can't get that exact house they want, quality they want, whatever, where they want, I'm just not going to buy anything. Um, okay, well, you're going to go rent somewhere that's definitely... no. When you're renting, it doesn't even come into mind if it's where you want or anything like that, right? Um, so you can meet in the middle or meet where you'd rent or whatever and buy that first house just to acquire it. And three years later, for example, like I did... Um, look at a cost consideration of how do I get a better house, the, the better house that I want, without spending more money per month or it not really costing me anymore. You know, you get you 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 rent it out.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. If we use the car analogy, people understand the car analogy really well, don't they? So yeah, like, but
0: they don't appreciate their depreciation when well, we're talking yes, about so that cars. Cars depreciate,
1: <laughs> but. But to your point, because we know people that have done this. I know people that are looking right now that were looking at homes to, to buy for their primary residence three years ago, right? And now that same – back then they were looking and they wouldn't buy because they were all Fords, Chevys, and Toyotas. Mm-hmm. And they were only looking to get into a Lexus, <coughs> whatever, Mercedes, whatever it is they wanted, Right. And now the Toyota, Ford, and Chevys are the cost of the Lexus and Mercedes and BMW, right? To use our car analogy. And they're out there still looking and still doing the same thing. If they don't ever plant their tree... Mm -hmm. They're constantly going to be in this vicious cycle that, that's just going to keep going.
0: Yeah. It's just like the compound interest argument of you have to start somewhere. You should start in your 20s, what everyone tells you. Um, while that is true, it's because it's time. Time has value just like anything else. Well, if it's, it's always a chasing game until you start. Uh, we live in America. We know that wages don't go up at the same rate of real estate market appreciation or uh, inflation or any of those things, right? So yeah, I'll wait two years and then see where I'm at. Well, what you got pre-qualified today likely will pre-qualify you for less in two years. So now you're gonna have to stretch again. And if if you didn't want to make that stretch, you know, right now, um, you'll probably be making a bigger stretch in two years and settling even more than you almost did now. And then wondering why you didn't do it now and then looking at the appreciation you would have had if you did buy two years ago. We um, even
1: talked about interest
0: rates. Yeah, get and, that and, tree planted. And, and with planting the tree too, it <clears throat> one thing that nearly no one looks at is if you don't like it, you don't have to stay with it, right? Mm. Say you you put in that conviction commitment, you ignore all these uh, objections you have in your head, and you go buy that property, and then three months later you think is a horrible idea. I should have gone and rented, but whatever it is then go do that. Go rent an apartment and go to the decision you think you should have made and rent out your house. Well, two years later, you'll be looking back at that decision and saying, well, I've rented for the last two years. The only difference is I'm now appreciating the appreciation of buying that asset um, on top of any cash flows or, or anything else you, you know, get from it. And if you care about building credit, it helps you do that. You know, There's all these pros.
1: All right. So I'm going to share a couple appreciation stories of my own and then we'll wrap, I'll let you wrap this up. How's that sound? Because I think we, we, we killed this one, but I think it's fun. What people want to hear is Steve's story is fun, right? Um, Your story at your age is fun, right? I, I, I mean, this, I hope that this inspires people. Um, I personally like my primary residence, you know, just to throw some numbers out there, bought that for 250. I'd say that's. I think it's worth about 480 right now, okay? 16 years, that's pretty good, right? Um I put some money into it to to get it there, but but that's pretty good wealth building. Here's the key. I'm doing that over and over and over again, aren't I? Because the power of this appreciation multiplies. If Steve had bought two houses in 1987, he wouldn't have $700,000 now. In, in wealth building he'd have 1.4 million mm-hmm. right for an extra and he'd cost have 1.6 of... million of real estate he didn't know that back then but so i have another house that i bought in my i have two houses in my same neighborhood i bought for 150 i think i believe that one is now worth last time i checked like 325 i bought another one for 135 that i it's like 285. I mean, you start adding this up. Look what these houses are doing. They're not even talk about my Orange Beach condos. That those things have gone up over a hundred thousand dollars in a few short months, and that's kind of, that's a crazy market right there. But <laughs> but there's no, I don't know any other way I could have done that. Uh, to just to be honest, I mean,
0: and and we call this appreciating <clears throat> your appreciation because what you're doing right now is appreciating it. But you're not looking at it in your pocket. You're not spending this money. You're not, you know, it's not making you feel on a day-to-day basis like you have all this more money to throw at stuff. If that's your dream, then work harder at making more money at your job or whatever, because that's that's not the goal of investments. It's appreciating the success of your investment and your investment goal. Um, And when they're realistic, you can appreciate when they exceed that. Right,
1: because down the road, I'm either going to take my cumulative empire and use that cash flow to live off of, or I might sell some stuff off. When I get to an age where I'm like, okay, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to chill on a beach. I can sell one of my houses and use that to chill on a beach for the rest of my life. And fortunately, if you've got several houses like I do and some of our clients do, I can keep doing that. (laughs) Like, right. Like, okay. Ran out of money. Let's sell another house. I mean, that's what, that's the goal here to get us to the end with as much wealth to, to either pass on to our loved ones or just to get us to the end so that they don't have, so we can enjoy our life the way we were put on this earth to enjoy it. And our loved ones don't have to worry about how they're going to support us and get us to the end.
0: Yeah, it's all a game of who takes advantage of what's out there, right? And as early as you do it, the better it turns out. Time is the most... In investing, time is the most valuable factor, always. Doesn't matter what avenue, what vehicle, any of it, time is the most valuable factor. Um, And the more of it you have, the more of all those things you can can acquire. Uh, Because, like you said, you could sell all five, but if they're all paid off, you could also pull all that money out of all five Mm -hmm. and let those tenants continue Mm -hmm. to pay it down. And now you got that money in your pocket and it's just starting over that process. And, but now you have the nest egg, right? It's a transfer. And to your
1: point, you are going to have a way better life at the end of your life. When you are 80, 90, a hundred years old, looking back on your life, you're going to have probably have a much more fulfilling life than I did because you started this process and started planting your trees much earlier than I did. Right? Where I'm going to probably have a much more fulfilling life than a lot of other people that aren't
0: doing it at all. Right? Well, yeah. So where- it's the, the, it's a you, it, like kind of what you're describing is a tug of war, right? And we making this sound like all the the great parts of it and the great successes of it, it doesn't come without sacrifice. You know, you need to uh, one live within your means, but understand what your means are. Right? Like anytime I was able to acquire more funds to plant these trees, that was my goal at a young age. So that in five, 10 years, I don't have to make those sacrifices that normal people make for 40, 50 years of their entire life, right? It's a a tug of war, but just like I was saying, time is valuable. You take a little bit of time now to do what to execute your investment goals you get a lot more time later to enjoy the fruits where if you try to enjoy fruits first you know we all know how that ends <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right credit card companies love that's it right. when you do when you try to enjoy the fruits exactly. first exactly <laughs>
1: um all right close us out kyle i think we killed this one
0: we did and great talking to you guys well if uh one thing I did forget to mention, but probably the most important is uh, we are not financial advisors and this is not financial advice, but we are always happy to talk to you about any of it or give you our advice or our experience and tell you how to build wealth with real estate. We always uh, have opinions, don't we, Kyle? Yeah, it's all just opinions. You know, <laughs> they're uh, validated and uh, no. <laughs> um, but yeah. We'll uh, end this one. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in. I look forward to talking to you guys on the next one. If you want any advice, uh, info from either of us or just want to talk or look see what we can make you on your uh, portfolio or the portfolio you're planning, uh, send us an email at showmethemoneyatwertpm.com Give me or John a call. Uh, Find us on Facebook, the interwebs, Google, and anywhere else on the interwebs.
1: Show me the money at we are tpm.com. Love it. Good job, Kyle. Good one. We are TPM. I think we're done. Are we done? Are we done, Steve? Are we done, Steve? Steve. Steve, Steve, Steve. We going to try doing we, t- we are TPM all together? I thought that's what this was for. <laughs> I thought that was my cue to say we are TPM.
0: All right, cue. We are TPM, guys. Have a great week.